So if you have been with us over the last several weeks, you know we've been looking at Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements. Um, really interesting framework to explore. Very, very useful. And I was grateful that where we are for this week is don't make assumptions. There are so many useful ways of looking at this, but in light of all the events in our nation over this last week, really feel strongly called to do this in one particular way. And that is how the assumptions we make of others in our nation are so destructive. So first, in light of this past week, I want to name George Floyd. Invite us to use this opening as a chance to pause in compassionate awareness for him and for anyone else who has experienced both our structural and institutional violences in this nation. I really want to pause for a moment of compassionate awareness for anyone, anywhere who has experienced violence. And really invite us to be intentional about orienting this practice of ours so that we are more available, are more useful um, for bringing greater healing and greater healing action in the world, whether it's in the small ways of just the person to person that we deal with and we meet, or if it's in the larger ways that um, some of us are exploring and, and reaching out. So I want us to just take a moment to pause and consider um, this offering a compassionate awareness in light of our world. Thank you. If true growth and healing for us all is possible, it has to start with looking at what ways we might be contributing to the problem. And right here's where this don't make assumptions can be so powerful and helpful. I don't know about you, but for me, any interaction I had with news media over this last week, it made it painfully clear what a powerful habit of making assumptions about others that we have. It's even become an entertainment pastime in our culture to bash and take down others on the basis of assumptions. And inevitably our assumptions in this vein are judgmental and therefore they are a source of continuing and worsening pain, hurt and suffering. We really don't 
get, that we don't get what's going on for others. I had a quote I wanted to use for today. And so I did this internet search for this quote. Um, uh, and what it got me to instead was a Google page that had all of these versions, different versions of quotes around walking in someone else's shoes. And what was so interesting is how hard many of these quotes were to read. For example, you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. Harper Lee to Kill a Mockingbird. Definitely trying to be helpful, but can you hear where there is that tragically wrong assumption included in this? That we actually have the capability to climb into another skin and walk around in it. True compassion actually starts with recognizing what we don't know. We can't truly know what life is like for another person unless we've lived their life and we haven't and we never will. We can only live this life. This came home for me when I was a long time ago raising my daughters. Um, I, even for the people closest for us, we don't know. I remember when I suddenly got that I had an assumption I understood how things were for my daughter. I understood what life was like for my daughter and I was wrong. And where I was holding those assumptions, I was actually causing her pain by not hearing from her what I was missing. So if I can't even do it for the people that are the closest to me, I certainly can't do it for others. It's really crucial to get a handle on how much harder this getting it gets when you add any layers of race, of gender, of economic difference, of many other sorts of experiences in life, of the history of having societal trauma um, based on race, gender, economic difference something that might feel as straightforward to some, such as I can trust that if I call the police, they will come to help me. I can have vastly different meaning and consequences for others. All of these different kinds of formulative life experiences mean that of course, we can't really get what it is like for another person. Here's another quote I found. People will never truly understand something until it happens to them. Again, there is some helpful wisdom here and there is still the fact that even if we share a similar outward event, our experience of that event can differ radically person to person. I know my experience with breast cancer 
was dramatically different from many other women with whom I've talked. So I can't even make the assumption that having had breast cancer, I know what it's like for someone else to have breast cancer. I have no idea. Our journeys vary so widely. So what's important instead is knowing to open my mind and heart to listen and learn without judgment, without assumption, if I truly want to understand anything about someone else's life journey. So these kind of assumptions are typically from a place of thinking I understand something that I actually don't. And a big key to seeing that I'm in this terrain is anytime I find myself falling reactively into judging, blaming, or shaming someone else. Anyone else. So then you might ask, well, what about if I am right? What about when the situation is so awful that it actually does deserve judging, blaming, and shaming. I read a lot of white liberal anger at Amy Cooper this week. And what it became clear was that that righteous anger had a deep destructiveness and how this kind of scapegoating actually blocks us off from looking at how we too might be part of the problem. For example, if I as another white woman fall into the trap of Amy Cooper bashing, then I am missing where I too carry seeds of pain and tragedy right within me. As long as my energy is consumed with anger directed outward at her, then I am not looking for the roots and seeds of racism right in me. Righteous anger makes it easier for me to prop myself up on the pedestal, look down at others, and therefore not do the hard needed work of understanding how I too have unconscious racial bias, have all of this this impact, and that orientation is the orientation that's needed for true healing in the world. This kind of assuming that the problem belongs to others and not us, that keeps us from doing the true healing work that the world desperately needs. Deep listening, deep coming to understand what's going on for others and how we too have been contributing to whatever the issues are in whatever way that's relevant. So of course we call out bad hurtful behavior. That's not what this is about. This is about learning to do it in ways that don't perpetuate the problem that we actually become part of the healing, not a continuation of the problem or a whitewashing of the problem. What about cases when people are behaving with violence 
all the kinds of violence that are happening in our world right now. Police violence, protest violence, violence against people wearing a mask, violence towards people wearing a mask, and any other kind you can think of. I remember hearing a very wise teacher many years ago saying, it's easier to hate than to try to understand. That's useful to contemplate. It's easier to hate than to try to understand. What way is hate an easy way out? Our nervous systems are clearly wired to jump into that fight, flight, freeze reaction in whatever way. And mindfulness practice asks us to remember that there is more to us than that, a greater possibility of standing in a grounded whole brain, whole heart, whole body, embodied presence that actually has a different kind of wisdom and compassion for meeting the world. So in terms of the violence, here's what I've come to understand about violence through my own life. I've had some times in my life where I have lost myself inappropriately, painfully, hurtfully, inappropriately. Before this happened to me, I thought that only happened to others. I thought there was no way I too could possibly be the kind of person who would partake or even consider that kind of violence never crossed my mind. It's really heartbreaking to understand about ourselves, but really helpful. I learned from these incidents that there is no pedestal from here that I can stand on and judge others. Push me far enough, and there's definitely, it's definitely possible to find the edge of my training, the edge of my ability to remain grounded. I know that edge is there. Anyone who doesn't yet know that about themselves likely hasn't been pushed far enough to understand their edge either. Heartbreaking to understand about ourselves and oh so useful. This is where compassion, where insight, where wisdom where right action have a real possibility to arise. It gives us a powerful way to meet the world without falling into that painful trap of righteous anger, shame, blame of others that can't hear. When I understand how the seeds of violence exist, even within me as well, then compassion becomes the only way forward the only wisdom path there is. And so here too is where the beauty and the joy of this practice is. At the most basic level, it just feels better to be able to stand in a strong heart, clear compassion for ourselves, for each other, than it does to be lost in that reactive, assumptive fog of judgment, blame, and shame. It just 
feels better. Everything I have learned in this mind-heart practice has helped me do this more. And this is the sweet relief. The healing that this practice brings that's naturally available, even and particularly in the heart of really difficult times. So I just want to um, reiterate, make one point very clear. Being willing to understand the roots of behavior is in no way condoning it. It is rather about learning to tap into a wisdom that orients us towards a better action, better response that helps prevent this kind of action from happening again. So I want to finish with the words of James Baldwin. The questions, with, the questions which one asks oneself begin at last to illuminate the world and become one's key to the experience of others. One can only face in others what one can face in oneself. On this confrontation depends the measure of our wisdom and compassion. So let's pause for a moment. What questions might be useful to ask of yourself? What kind of assumptions are you carrying around the world issues? that lead to reactivity, whether blame, shame, fear, judgment. We all do this. What kind of assumptions are present for you? Is it possible to drop below the blame, the fear, the shame? into a curiosity. What might be going on for someone else? What might be going on for you? That leads you to look at things in this way. One can only face in others what one can face in oneself. On this confrontation depends the measure of our wisdom and compassion. Thank you.